Welcome to Episode 7 of our first ever adventure through the Star Wars universe. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC, and I know nothing about Star Wars, but that's all about to change. Today, we're starting the finale of the original trilogy with Return of the Jedi. Joining me is Kara of the Into the Larger World Project. Welcome, Kara. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. This is actually my favorite of the Star Wars films. So Perfect. I'm very happy to be here for this one. <laughs> That's so great. Um, it'll be, I think, nice to have someone who, not that I'm going to, maybe I will be critical of this. I don't know. Listeners, you'll hear. Carrie, you'll hear my thoughts. I have thoughts, definitely. Um, but before we get into those thoughts, um, you know, obviously, this is my first time watching the movie. So I remember very clearly what I was doing and how, you know, how I watched it for the first time. What are your memories of watching this movie for the first time? This one is one that it's I feel like with all three of the original trilogy movies, they just have been in my life always. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't remember a first time, but I know that this is the one that I have revisited the most, I think. Uh Empire would be a close second, but and I think my feelings of love for it have grown the most as well. Uh, especially as I've consumed and gotten deeper into the into the black hole of Star Wars and more lore and stuff. It just like, it means the most to me in my heart. But um, but I do not remember a first time. I always remember having a crush on Lando. That's my main. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was so cute. Yes. I still do for the record. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I was um I, just this week, I was editing the episode that came out that was all about like his introduction in that part of Empire Strikes Back. So we talked a lot about Lando and how. Sm- oh, I forget. I forget the actor's name. Um, but just Billy how D. like Williams. yes, that's it. Just how like smooth and suave oh. and like charismatic he is, and oh, so dreamy, so dreamy. <laughs> um, and then like next to Harrison Ford, just like what a dreamy duo, just the two of them, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, they're like little friendship like the first moment that they see each other in empire where it's just oh god they're both mcdreamy and mcsteamy (laughs) (laughs) oh totally absolutely so listeners we are beginning i almost said like beginning the end but like there's many many more movies and tv shows and everything even after this movie but this is the final movie of the original trilogy so this is you know a big deal Um, This is, I have to force myself every single time I say it, this is Return of the Jedi, not Return of the King. (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone hears me slip up at any point, that's why, because it's like a very visceral, like I I have to make myself remember it's Jedi, not King. (laughs) I have to tell you, you'll enjoy this. I spend a lot of my time because I'm a, I'm a fandom historian in the making and I spend a lot of time reading fanzines from the uh, late 70s and early 80s from the original trilogy time, people writing about Star Wars at that time. And I especially love the hype uh, in the lead up to these movies. And I saw one just the other week where 
because the original title for this movie was Revenge of the Jedi. And mm-hmm. uh, I and they knew that like in 1980 or 81, they already knew that that was what it was supposed to be called. Yeah, I just read a random like fun fact that there was like an episode of Storage Wars or something where someone found a jacket that had that was Revenge of the Jedi. So like clearly they had chosen this name long enough to like make maybe not maybe it wasn't merch. Maybe it was like, you know, um, like a jacket for like the crew or something Um, but like definitely long enough that they made um you know materials and products with this name on it yeah but someone so someone in the fanzine was like revenge is so unlike a jedi why not something like return like return of the king and i was like this person prophesized this (laughs) so good Yeah. And um Tol- and Tolkien and Lord of the Rings had really just come to the United States during the 70s. So that's really when it had its heyday. And so I'm sure and you know a lot of people say the Star Wars franchise is isn't sci-fi, it's fantasy, you know, in space. And of course I see there's a lot of, you know, parallels and a lot of similar parts of like the hero's journey and both of those stories so I definitely see how like it was probably on some people's minds when they were tossing some names out there yeah definitely <laughs> there was some crossover in audience for sure yeah so we're discussing the first 37-ish minutes of this movie it'll go by fast because it's essentially it's like one lo- like usually there's a lot of like we're going back and forth between this scene and these people and the the majority of this part of the movie is all taking place within the same storyline and like the same setting and everything and it culminates in a very big absolutely ridiculous battle (laughs) that again I have thoughts about um yeah but I okay so before we uh, I guess I'll preface all of this yeah with the fact that but before we officially started the episode you asked me do I did I like it um (laughs) I was certainly entertained yeah I um definitely like I was laughing a lot then again I'm not sure that this is meant to be a comedy (laughs) I think it is I totally think it is I when I saw it recently for the 40th anniversary it was back in theaters so many big laughs from the audience personally I think it is (laughs) it did its job of entertainment I don't think I would choose to put this movie on. <laughs> if someone was like, what movie should we watch? I don't think I would be like Return of the Jedi. That's fair. Maybe if I was in like a silly, goofy mood and my friends and I just wanted to have like a good time hanging out. Great. Let's let's do that. But like, it's so unserious. Yeah. That's funny that you that, that that's your takeaway, because to me, it's like the end is I cry every single time. It just devastates me. But maybe it's because it's the, maybe it's just because of the, I call it galaxy brain, like the lore, like the big, to put all the pieces together to get to that is why it touches Mm. me. I don't know, but I, it is very. That's cool. Hey, that's fine. (laughs) I am totally down with people finding, you know, ways to connect to this and drawing meaning from it and, and, in way in ways that I 
don't understand or can't do myself. So I appreciate that, like, hey, this is something that is touching the hearts of, of other people. So that alone, I, I can enjoy and appreciate for sure. Yeah. And the silliness of Star Wars is the is always some of the best stuff. So oh, and man. that remains even to this day. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. The, the movie opens with, of course... In a galaxy long time ago, I, I think I, I, I don't think I've ever actually said it correctly, but it's, you know what I mean. Yes. And then, bah, 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 bah. it's always really funny watching my audio spike when I do that. <laughs> um, and we get the slow crawl. Definitely by this point, I would say they are, I can tell they're doing the slow crawl because this is what they've established mm. as being how they open the movies rather than like, this is helpful to the narrative because you easily could take the slow crawl out and I wouldn't uh, like I would I would be perfectly following everything definitely yeah so much of so much of the original trilogy is based on those like Flash Gordon serials where I think a lot of it I think a lot of the silliness and then a lot of that kind of like staple keeping it the same everyone kind of comes from that as well but yeah I think after you do it once Maybe it would have been weird if they didn't do it again. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I yeah, at the same time I totally get that too. It's like, well, we I mean, we might as well keep going. It's like um <laughs> yeah. it's like the Duggar family and how they named all their kids with a J and they, they well just kept going. having him and they're like, Well, we can't we named the first ten with a J. We can't just switch to a an M for this right. one. <laughs> there can't be a Michael now. It's too late. I know, we gotta keep going. <laughs> right. Um, and so in the slow crawl, we learn we we're kind of, you know, we're reminded we're caught up of the events from the previous movie that Han has been frozen in carbonate. All of our friends are off searching for him and they've gone to Tatooine. And meanwhile, the Empire is building. A, I forget what it said, but it says like a weapon even bigger than the Death Star. The crawl goes off into space And we have an opening shot that directly parallels the opening shot from A New Hope, which I really appreciated. I was like, oh, that's great. They're kind of like bookending it. They recognize like the significance of this, of, you know, completing the story. Mm. Um, And we see that this like weapon that the Empire is working on is just another Death Star. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Apparently, this Death Star is approximately 460% larger than the first one. That's that's I, like really big. <laughs> it's really big. And I don't know who did that math or how they figured it out. But oh, yeah, they know these things. They know there how many people, people who, who do on this. Yeah. And there's cross section books where they show the oh, God, yeah. <laughs> That, you know what? That's a good point. Shame on me for even wondering. No. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do it. It's, this phantom is just so much more. I, th- I think it's because in the Lord of the Rings fandom, you didn't have to go hmm. to all these great lengths to piece things together yourself because Tolkien has it there somewhere. Right. He's given every possible answer there could be. But in the Star Wars fandom, people are like, there's all this empty information for us to just fill in. We can yeah. figure this out ourselves. We can figure out, you know, we can 
find backstories for like these random droids that are in in the background of this one scene you know mm-hmm. and like it's a little less fun with Tolkien because if if this was written by Tolkien those droids would have family trees you know right. like <laughs> that's true yeah and the the uh there's some times in fandom history and in star wars history where there just wouldn't be anything coming out for a while we call them like dark ages especially like right after the original trilogy before they started printing books and stuff and it was just like th- maybe that's it maybe there's not going to be any more there's always sure, whispers yeah. but so during those times just digging into the minutia especially as it started being available on home video and all that and it was just like as deep as you can go every back every background character has an action figure and a name and a home world and yeah <laughs> yes absolutely so oh i don't think i've brought i've brought it up to myself multiple times while watching but i'm not sure if i've mentioned it on the podcast just the fact that there are so many silly helmets that yes. um the empire has there's like silly helmet versions of the stormtrooper ones there's like silly helmets for like they, I, I call them like mini Darth Vader's because it's yeah. like a dart and it's it, it's the helmet from Spaceballs. Literally. Um, like <laughs> literally. And it's just there's not really a point beyond this just saying like there are silly helmets in this movie. Big time. <laughs> yes. I noticed that rewatching this first bit, those the faceless helmet of the operators really did stand out as being mm-hmm. incredibly silly yeah so on the death star um darth vader has boarded they're having issues meeting the deadline for completing the build of the death star and he darth vader has walked on and everyone's greeting him and the main officer does this main officer have a name i believe it's jer gerard it's going to be so bad if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure it's it's commander jer gerard j e r j e r r o d i think okay so if cool. i'm wrong please don't i'll probably blame forget me. that the next time he's on the screen anyway and he's explaining that like we don't have enough time we need more men i like we're doing the best we can and darth vader is basically like well how about instead of giving you more men i don't kill you is that motivation enough <laughs> yeah, and he's like maybe. sure we'll make it happen absolutely um and he mentions that like the the emperor is not as forgiving as me and he's coming that's Mm -hmm. the big thing is he's he's gonna stop by the boss's boss is coming to Mm. the to the project site yeah Yeah. um so that's like our check-in with darth vader and the empire um and that's all we'll see of them for for this part of the story uh because then we go into oh my god (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just the most insane piece of cinema I've ever seen, what we're about to discuss. Okay. So satisfying to hear you say that. Oh, my God. 3PO and R2 are, uh, they're on Tatooine together, and they're walking, and they're approaching this, like, huge, like, fortress with, like, a comically large door, like, industrial garage, whatever, door. Gigantic door, yeah. So big. (laughs) 3PO is being very polite, and he's like, I guess we'll knock. And he knocks, and then immediately goes, I guess no one's here, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he is not in on the plan, and R2 is always in on the plan. (laughs) Yes, oh my god. So that's what I was really trying to piece together um, Mm -hmm. 
during these like subsequent watches of this of this part is being like, what exactly is the plan? Who knows what the plan is? Yeah. Is this part of the plan or is this just absolute pure luck? I think a, a lot of it of is both. luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 3PO knocks and um, some like camera uh, comes out. And, I'm all and droid. I don't know. Speaker. Yeah. yeah. Um, and speaks to them. And then uh, they are let in and R2 immediately just goes in and 3PO is like, wait, don't like R2 stop. And R2's like, we're here to get a job done. I, like, let's go. I've got this under control. <laughs> Did you see? And I didn't notice this until a, a lot of watches, but there's a little uh, like crazy looking spider alien droid that like comes in the door oh. and, and scares 3PO. And he's like, oh, that's when he goes in. And it's called. Oh, a, that's so and funny. Of, and of course, the spider droid has a name and it has a backstory. Back, it's called yep. a, a Bomar Monk. And oh my it, gosh. But it's like so cool looking and you barely even see it. It's like, wait, show me what that is. Yeah, like a level of detail that like someone at home is like, I made that. I literally made, I made that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're like, good job, buddy. <laughs> R2, for all this confidence, he like runs into these. What on God's green earth? I described them as ogre pigs. Yeah. And they reminded me a lot of like a monster or a villain that I would see in a donk in like one of the original like Donkey Kong video games. Very Nintendo, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> they uh have a conversation. This other dude walks out who has like a tentacle mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> for a head. Some type of thing. Yeah, that like wraps around his neck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I for do you remember what he says? Because he says something that is so uh, silly, but it's in such a serious voice. They wanna wanga. That's it. That's <laughs> it. It's like they wanna wanga, and it's like oh my god. <laughs> so immediately, it's like okay, we're buckle up, kids. Yeah. Um, costume and makeup department were just going ham. Oh, they popped off, yeah. They clearly were like given a huge budget or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was, but they, I don't know if they went to Hobby Lobby and Hobby Lobby was having a store a sale, and they were like, "Great, <laughs> get all the things we need for puppets and oh yeah, weird slimy tentacles and just everything, all the craft supplies." <laughs> Definitely. Or maybe, maybe they were like, "Hey, it's our last movie. We have to use up." All of this stuff. <laughs> yes, that's the, I call that the, the high school musical theory. Because in the third high school musical movie, everything is just glittering. And it's so obvious that they just blew the whole budget on the last, on the, on the last one. <laughs> yeah. I've never, you know, I've never seen the third high school musical. It's so. not good. <laughs> but it's, you know. I mean, I wasn't imagining anyway. it was exceptional. <laughs> the second one is the best. Uh, the third oh, one absolutely. exists, yeah. Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you for coming to my podcast about the High School Musical trilogy. That can be a, uh, that can be another episode I'm in. <laughs> this guy who comes out, does this guy have a name? Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna, of course. Um, <laughs> and we find out that R2-D2 has a message to play. And he like starts like stroking R2. And R2's like, ugh. And like shaking his head and like moving and like beeping, you know, furiously. Uh, 3PO explains this message is for Jabba the Hutt specifically. So they are brought into this main room, Jabba's palace. Yes. Um, 
I know. Just so much is happening. Okay, so Jabba's hitting it, ripping a bong. What is this music? I can't listen. There literally could be a podcast just about these 37 minutes. Yes. I have friends, very much beloved friends, who have dug so deep into these minutes. And uh, yeah, there's so much going on. Yes. Might as well call this episode Moving Day because there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot. And I don't know <laughs> how you, because I know that you watched the the Disney Plus version. That's also what I watched and it's what I watch on the regular basis. But this is probably one of the segments from the original trilogy that has the most. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a whole conversation. Again, that could be a whole nother podcast just talking about that. I personally don't have a problem with any of the changes. Maybe it's because I grew up with the specialized ones. So those are the ones that I'm the most familiar with. But mm-hmm. I know that some people get ragey about it and just as a as an intro to my feelings about it i have zero rage george is insane he's a crazy person of course he's <laughs> gonna do like he his mindset is that if he can why wouldn't he and you yeah. see that over and over again in his stuff and i also looked up his birthday because i wanted to know what his star sign is and he's a chorus <laughs> and i literally looked up like may 14th star sign and it said Taurus is born on May 14th have extraordinary artistic vision but they don't know the meaning of the word compromise oh god and I literally was like am I on a George Lucas website but so he's look he was able to change it and that was all that was in his head was like well then why wouldn't I the the reason it was the way it was is because I couldn't do it this way and now Mm -hmm. I can so anyway that's my little special edition rant but (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, what a Taurus. Oh my oh, gosh. Big time. Big That's time. So great. But yes, a lot to unpack is a, a lot a lot going yeah. on. So <laughs> there's like um there's the whole time all of these scenes are going to be happening. There's like background entertainment happening. It's like an exclude. It's like an underground like club that's mm-hmm. very seedy and shady. And there's like exotic dancers and there's so many different creatures, um, yes. so many different kinds of puppets going on. There's like weird, like lounge music playing sometimes. The Max Rebo um, band. <laughs> the the first when uh, R two and three PO walk in, it sounds like someone playing the water glasses. <laughs> A little bit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, that, that would be the Max Rebo band. Max Rebo is the blue guy, and. Uh, Yes, we we love him. <laughs> yes, and I um I incorrectly thought that the Jim Henson company provided and like worked with the Star Wars films for these puppets. No, because but I think a lot of people bridged and were in. That's exactly yeah. so. So I texted um my good friend and previous guest Casey Winters, and I asked him about this, and he said no, and he he said the exact same thing. He was like, "There's probably a lot of overlap." Mm-hmm. Um. 
you know, Fozzie Bear played Yoda. So there's a lot of connections, you know. Right. But like there's so many interesting looking puppets that I was like, that just looks like a different version of Rizzo. Like, like that looks like a different version of like, like I've seen that in Muppet form somewhere, you know. So I was incorrect, though, that they they didn't officially work on the film. Um, But just just like so many, so many interesting things to to look at. And in, in this conversation with Casey, I said something about like a specific one. And he said, oh, is that which which one was he talking about? Salacious Crumb. And I was like, they I said, these things have names. And he said, everyone has a name. Everyone <laughs> has like, a of name. Of course. <laughs> of course. That is Salacious Crumb, the Kowakian oh. monkey lizard. And uh, he's a legend. <laughs> yes. And uh, he said his favorite is Max Rebo, who is the, the blue elephant thing who plays the the space piano yes <laughs> we we see Jabba the Hutt um technically we did see him that was uh, in a scene that was later added in in A New Hope um as I understand it that was a oh, deleted right. scene that was originally a human playing Jabba the Hutt and then they CGI'd this Jabba over that version so we've technically already seen him but this is like I I, I won't even like attempt to describe what he looks like because i'm sure (laughs) most people listening know exactly what he looks like yes but just like bravo to i I don't even know like what department to to because it's like costuming it's makeup it's puppeteering it's it's like set design it's lighting it's voice work it's so many different things Mm -hmm. it took six people to work the full-size animatronic of jabba the hut the puppet fit three men inside two to operate the arms head and tongue and another to move the tail. the tail a man lying below the puppet pulled strings to move Jabba's mouth and make his sides heave and two radio operators controlled the slimy goon's eyes including pupil dilation direction and wildness of eye of eyelids um a wideness and wildness <laughs> I was like wow what a like descriptive like piece of trivia from IMDb wideness of eyelids and a final crew member was responsible for rubbing gel on the puppet to give Jabba his slimy look so holy cow just like a feat of like art I guess kind of in kind of the most horrific way because it is of course like a disgusting looking thing you know horrifying but yeah that was a that whole puppet the the behind the scenes of that is wonderful and really really cool and they actually you said that you weren't sure which department it was probably the creature department they literally have a creature department creature department oh that's dope (laughs) yeah but i I might i'm sure it was a mixture because they've got there was and the animatronics and the radio like you know just so much stuff but it i think it really holds up i think he looks great (laughs) and absolutely yes (laughs) Um, and like very scary, you know, we're supposed to be like afraid of him. Oh, I should also mention, I think we get our earliest ever. I have a bad feeling about this <laughs> as 3PO walks in. Right. Um, and they explain that they are here with a message and R2 pulls up a message that plays like a hologram of of Luke, uh, much like 
Leia's message in A New Hope. Actually, now that I think about it more, you know, paralleling, especially given their relationship status. And by relationship status, I mean sibling status. Um, (laughs) He says, you know, he's like sucking up to Java and he's like, he's like, your greetings, your highness or your... Exalted one, maybe? Exalted one. That's it. That's (laughs) it. I will trade these droids for Han Solo. And 3PO is like, what? And R2, I love how- you're playing the wrong message. And R2 goes, like, he goes, what did he say? And R2 goes, beep, beep. And I, I swear he's just saying, shut up. Uh, I just, I, and I love, this is definitely where it seems to me, it, it starts becoming more apparent that R2 is in on the plan, 3PO is not. Yeah. And I like to believe it's because they don't trust 3PO to like <laughs> not spill the beans or like maybe he's like a really bad liar or maybe it like it would go against his protocol somehow that's a thing so, yeah <laughs> so I j- it's so funny that that he he has no clue what's going on they didn't warn him at all being like hey you're gonna get taken yeah. this is the plan <laughs> he wouldn't have been able to play it cool I don't I, don't, I really I don't think so oh my gosh yeah I mean, he barely played it cool as is, you know? Right. <laughs> Jabba says, like, absolutely not. I am not taking this deal because I'm not giving up my favorite work of art. Ugh. And then we zoom over and there's Han frozen in the carbonite slab um, hanging on the wall. And I know that there are people out there who have made this into a piece of artwork. <laughs> I think I've seen they have like a um like a big sticker you can put on the front of your fridge that makes oh, that's it look funny. That's like... great. Yeah, like a decal. Yeah. Uh yes, and then also that's literally good. like just big replicas. Yeah. And so despite not uh taking this accepting this deal and like wanting to trade the droids for Han, he takes the droids anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely does. <laughs> um and so they're brought down into I guess I don't know. They're, they're brought down into like the prison part. Droid and, hell. Yeah. Jo- honestly, it's so <laughs> scary and sad. And oh my God. So we see one droid, kind of like a Wally looking droid, mm-hmm. hanging upside down. And this like branding thing is being lowered onto his feet. And he's <sighs> screaming, like, no, 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 no. It's so sad. Um, and then there's another droid that's like being like pulled, ripped apart. And oh my God. And like electrocuted. Yeah. So they hire, they use 3PO to be the new translator because uh, the last one got disintegrated. Disintegrated. Yeah, we flash over (laughs) to the one that's currently being tortured. Horrible. (laughs) Um, And then they say that they can use R2 on uh, the ship. Mm-hmm. And oh, and they do they do call R2. They do say you're a feisty little one. Right. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that robot uh, that's like in charge is EV99. And of course. Uh, and I believe that the voice is the director, Richard Marquand. Oh, cool. That's I'm, a fun little Easter egg then. I'm 90% sure. <laughs> I believe you. I believe Thank you. you. <laughs> Even if it's wrong, I believe you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's true. Yeah. Cool, cool. So at, uh, there, there's a really funny shot where 3PO is like being walked out and he like turns around to like lift his arm up at R2 and there's like a 
disassembled <laughs> droid behind him with like the arm in the exact same <laughs> position and he turns around and sees it and goes like oh poor 3PO he really can't uh, catch a break ever I know I know <laughs> he's just like in a constant state of anxiety honestly oh, yeah. which yeah. is relatable in some ways yeah exactly <laughs> so this is really when we, we go back into like the main room and this is really when the chaos unfolds yeah it gets wild This is a joke, right? I like, I just didn't know what I was watching. And I was like, there's no way this is a, this is, this is a movie. This is part of the franchise that people get so angry and toxic over. I was like, there's no way. Thank you. Because at the heart of it, I mean, literally, we always say like, it's two robots in the desert talking to each other. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, don't. It, this is like pure proof why you shouldn't take it so yes, seriously. Yes, I think this scene, imp- yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's very insightful and true. <laughs> so there's like some like blues rock music playing. There's like these exotic dancers. I will say we get a little bit of body diversity in this movie because there's one dancer who, you know, is in a larger body and we see like fat rolls. And I think that's pretty cool that like they're being showcased alongside these like I mean, like, to us, they're aliens. It's like, ew, gross aliens, whatever. But, like, to th- to this universe, it's like, ooh, these are, like, cool, hot, sexy, like, dancers, you know? So that was kind of cool, especially for it being the 80s. Definitely. I forget her name. Of course, she has a name. I forget her name. But, yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's. I literally wrote in my notes, there's so much happening here. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, of course. It's true. Um, there's a... It's so interesting to see what they chose to make, like, practical effects and costuming and makeup and stuff. And then the things that they chose to um, be like, no, we're going to CG this one. Because the lead singer, I think the two lead singers for this song, which is being sung in a different language. um, And it's, like, not captioned or anything. So I'm sure there are translations out there, of course, that have the lyrics up. But the, like, two main singers are... uh, are like digitally added in and then every it looks like everything else is either like a puppet or an actor of some kind yes i can i don't want to like trivia the heck out of it but this is that is the biggest change maybe in this movie so originally and you could find it did kind of seem a little not out of place but it kind of felt like this is weird that it's kind of going on for a while yeah yeah so in in the the original theatrical release it was, and well, I mean, there, when people say in the original version, there is no original version. He's been changing right. it since the date came out, period. But in that, before it was changed to the special editions, the one singer that has the very long lips, her name mm-hmm. is Size Noodles, she was practical. And okay, so there is a Size Noodles puppet um, and that it was all practical. And it's also a different song. Uh, this song that we're hearing is called Jedi Rocks. The original song is called Lopty Neck. And that's a okay. big debate. Do you like Lopty Neck or do you like Jedi Rocks better? I like both for different reasons. But so what was changed was making, adding in that one guy, the hairy looking guy, making size noodles digital and then a different song and also those three or two or three background dancers like the one with the red hair 
mm-hmm. and the purple one, they were new as well. Okay. That was all added in. So it it was very much extended and yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I, I would recommend going and and watching Lofty Neck that scene just to see the differences. Uh because they also added a little bit more of the green Twilight dancer. Her name is Ula. Um, and what's really cool is the actress, uh, her name's Femi Taylor. She is so cool. She still does conventions. She's awesome. But she filmed that she was like 22. And then, you know, a decade plus later, they wanted to add more shots of the character. And she came back and was able to look like almost no time had passed that's, like it's almost that's impressive <laughs> i didn't know that until i think my boyfriend told me that yesterday and like i didn't know that that was additional footage of her and that she came back uh but yeah so it's interesting to watch uh the two versions and kind of see but yeah it really adds to the sensory overload Sensory overload is, uh, that is the best possible way, honestly, to describe, I think, this first chunk of the movie. It's just sensory (laughs) overload. Absolutely. Because like, there's, there's so much happening visually, there's so much happening, like, auditorily. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like, I know we're not we're not like we're not smelling and touching and tasting these things, but like there's so much like texture and like lived yes. in elements um, of this. Like you can imagine how Jabba the Hutt feels and smells and like, yes. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. So all of that. Ha- oh, there there is a sequence where one of his slaves gets um, dropped into a pit and then like eaten by a monster. That's Ula. Yeah. <laughs> We don't see the monster yet. We just like hear her be dropped in and then we hear like roaring and then, you know, it's kind of assumed. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's in there later. (laughs) So then a bounty hunter comes in and he has caught Chewbacca and it's like, whoa, Chewie. Oh, no, you've been caught. And I I was just like this whole uh, the, the first time watching this I was like every person with like a helmet or a mask I was like that's Luke that's gotta be <laughs> Luke right that's probably Luke here we go oh thank god finally please tell me this is Luke busting in oh no it's not I thought this was a distraction this has got to be Luke right where is Luke in all of this So it's like, oh, great. This is Luke. He has Chewbacca. Perfect. Even my second time watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is Lando. So really, like, I was forgetting everything. I think that scene right before it just threw you off. Oh, my God. So anyway, a bounty hunter comes in and they have like a mask on that's disguising their voice. And they have Chewbacca and they're bargaining for him. And then, uh, and 3PO is translating throughout all of this, and the bounty hunter's like, I want 50,000, and here's why you're going to give it to me. And then he, like, pulls out, like, a bomb. <laughs> like a grenade, <laughs> um, essentially. And and, uh, and 3PO's, you know, like, translating the whole time and is saying, like, and he says you should take the deal because he's going to blow everything up. <laughs> and, like, everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, and that that uh, bounty hunter costume is known as Bosch. It's B O U S H H Bosch. That's how I say it anyway. I think that's how you say it. That's like one of my dream cosplays. I have never cosplayed anything oh, cool. in my life, but if I were to pick something, 
to it's cosplay. very elaborate yeah it's so cool and the mask is so cool and like the gloves and the cape and knowing that it's leia underneath and like ugh. well spoiler alert it's leia so they they come to a deal and they take chewbacca and like on their way to bringing Chewbacca to the holding cell, we see another like random background like guard mm-hmm. and he lowers his mask and that's Lando. Yeah. And I'm this is what I'm like, when did Lando get here? When did he come in? Did he come <laughs> in? Uh, I, I was like really trying to pay attention if he like came in with Chewbacca and Leia or like, like wh- when did he infiltrate, you know? I, I, yeah, I don't know that we know for sure, but I think it's just kind of assumed that he must have gotten there like a little bit before the droids and infiltrated. Yeah. yeah. Or, ma- also- or maybe he got there purposefully a little bit ahead of time to maybe like send back some information so yeah, that they that could would make, make sense this plan. Too. Yeah. Or like where Han was located or something like in the palace yeah. kind of thing. There's also a really good toy commercial from like 83 where the kid says, surprise, surprise, I'm Lando in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always think of when I see it. That's great. It is Lando in disguise. Oh, that's great. Then it's nighttime and this bounty hunter comes up and starts like unmelting so just whatever Un- unmelting Han yeah like drops the thing down onto the floor and there's like this loud clang and they like look around and I'm like yeah it's a slab of like concrete essentially right. you know like of course it's gonna make a loud noise I thought it was gonna do something a little more comical and I thought it was gonna like fall over com- like face down you oh, know no. <laughs> that would have been bad Han gets what I call a reverse Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, right. <laughs> <Where> like, <laughs> his, like, these, like, devices are attached to the slab so that he slowly melts. And then his face, like, bursts. It, like, it's, like, coming out of, like, lava. Mm-hmm. Yay, we have Harrison Ford again. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> um. I this scene was like a lot it was played a lot more like seriously than I thought it would be I thought for sure we were gonna have that like the moment I thought Han was gonna be like what took you so long or you know like I thought we were gonna have some like classic like Han wit and dryness going on but like he's he's scared he doesn't know what's going on um the bounty hunter explains that he has hibernation sickness which Mm -hmm. is like oh yeah of course hibernation sickness this happens all the time (laughs) not For whatever reason, they chose to have... I think it's just because it led to antics in the fight later on. Han can't see right Right. now. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess it makes for a little bit more dramatic of a reveal. I I think this is on Leia, though, that like Han's been... He's been frozen in carbonite. He's been in a very like intense situation. Maybe take off the helmet that like disguises your voice and especially it, like, if you know creepy. he can't he's not going to be able to see <laughs> right. and like it makes you sound scary like maybe like be leia so that you could be like a comforting presence because it, when he he's immediately like where am i what's happening like he's like scared and i'm like yeah, yeah buddy guy. i would be too <laughs> yeah seriously it's been like you know blank number of months you know and i don't even know i i would assume that he doesn't know how much he wouldn't have like felt that time pass that he That's just true been, like, yeah frozen, maybe you know yeah but like at the same time like he i mean he can't see and it's yeah he says who, who is there leia takes off her helmet and she goes someone who loves you <laughs> 
chills. <laughs> um, and then I think they kiss yeah. and and then they're like, all right, come on, let's get out of here. And then we hear laughter and then like, oh, what? such a dramatic. Oh, 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 oh. The oh. villains in this, they love a dramatic moment. Very much. The wall pulls up and like the whole Jabba crew is there and they're all like laughing at them. Um, and they they take Han into the prison and Leia becomes Jabba's slave. Yeah. More, more, more on that in just just a gif. Oh, yes. <laughs> a lot more on that, actually. Right. So Han is taken to the cell where Chewie is, and we have a very sweet uh, reunification of Han it. and Chewie. Oh my god, he's patting him. They're spooning. <laughs> That's so beautiful. And Chewie is like hugging. He's doing like, I guess this is like a sign of affection for Wookiees because he did this for Luke too in um, Empire Strikes Back where he like, you like hug the person from behind and then like pat them on the head. <laughs> <laughs> It's so cute, and I just love. Uh, I love when he goes. I'm all right, pal. I'm all right. Oh, <laughs> it's just so sweet. So great. And like initially, you know, you're you're concerned for Han because they they explain that he's sick and he's like shivering. He has like a fever, presumably. But I'm like, he'll be all right. Chewie's gonna keep him nice and safe and warm. Definitely. <laughs> Chewie will take care of him. I love Chewie. So I think the next scene we see. Is is what's happened to Leia? <laughs> oh. 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 Where did they have? Okay, so now she can wear a bra. Leia had in her time. She was given a makeover, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she is. And I say this as a straight person. She is in the hottest costume I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was like designed, it was designed to do a job and it does it. It did the job well. Yeah. So, okay. So, on one hand, Carrie Fisher looks amazing. Incredible. Obviously. Yeah. Looks incredible. Um, on the other hand, it makes it made me feel so icky. Mm-hmm. Because we have never seen her or really any other up until like this part of this movie. We right. haven't seen. Well, then again, <laughs> I say that lightly because we haven't really seen many women, period. Right. <laughs> but in all of the scenes that we've had Leia in so far, she's fully clothed. You know, there is no. And like, this is a movie that's been made for like, it was a re- like the target audience was like dudes, you know, like teenage boys, like that kind of an audience. Mm-hmm. So it could have been very easy for them to always have her in some kind of like Laura Croft get up where it's like, yeah. you know, objectifying her body and under the male gaze and all that. So the fact that this happens here with Jabba is like it's so intentional and it tells us so much like about this world yeah. about who Jabba is that like the reason it feels icky is because it is it is icky like this is something that he has intentionally done as a way to like dehumanize her and like right. make her feel like smaller and lesser that's so true and and from what we know of her even just so far 
you know how she must be feeling in that moment. And then also, you know, like just like an extra level of trapped, you know, and yeah, yeah, it's just and then, of course, it became a a whole thing in the Mm -hmm. world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. And I know that like, (laughs) I know that for for a lot of pieces of this fandom, this led to just like a lot of objectification and sexual and like over hypersexualization of like a character who up until this moment has not been sexualized beyond, mm-hmm. beyond like a few kisses with Han, you know? Yeah. And, and also her brother. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's hard for me to not like, because there, I mean, we'll get to this in a moment, but like people tried to like reclaim the, the narrative of it that she's like the hut slayer. That's a lot of people will say Leia the hut slayer and, and all that. And like, and but I I always just think about how Carrie wasn't allowed to sit down like in the in a comfortable position because she would get lines on her stomach and I just always think and also she had to lose like a lot of where she didn't she have to but kind of looks emaciated a little bit like as like as good as she looks in it there are so many parts of it where she looks so uncomfortable too she looks tiny she looks like emaciated almost yeah and i know like you know that they told her she had to lose weight before a new hope so i i think of which is crazy so i think about that and i when i see it but in the same time i do think there's something empowering about it yeah in a way it's like a really mixed bag it's, it's two sides of the coin where like People can easily, rec- like, we can easily reclaim this as, like, mm-hmm. and, like, she is, like, a feminist icon. She is, like, a badass woman in this story. Right. Um, And she can do that while wearing the world's most, like, ridiculous <laughs> revealing outfit, too, you know? Yeah. And it is also really beautiful, like, just as a costume piece. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, I, I did some research on it for, I did a deep dive into Return of the Jedi uh, zine for the anniversary uh last year and i read a lot about like the influences behind it are like those uh like super pulpy like adventure magazines and sci-fi magazines that were out in the 70s and uh and it's it's really gorgeously made i think the one that they made a couple different ones and then there was a stunt double that also had one but one of the ones that she wore i think it was like i don't even know what the material was but it was like really hard to move in because it was like Mm -hmm. basically a sculpture it's pretty cool yeah, so I have literally in my notes a paragraph's worth of like different behind the scenes stuff just about this outfit. <laughs> yeah. There's this first fact that I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and then I read some other stuff and I was like, maybe I should take that first thing with a grain of salt. So <laughs> um, this outfit supposedly was the culmination of Carrie Fisher complaining about her costumes in the first two movies because, like, she said that no one could tell that she was a woman in those costumes. (laughs) Um, And George Lucas was explaining that, like, I didn't want you to look like, quote, eye candy damsels in distress, which is like, that's I, that's great. I respect that. I I really respect that he understood that was a trope. And he's like, we're not going to play into that, you know? Right. So she was complaining about these costumes, supposedly. <laughs> and that is what led to them being like, you want a sexy outfit? Bam. 
We got you a sexy outfit. <laughs> um, I will somewhat liken this on a much, much smaller scale to my experience in high school theater, which is <gasps> that in almost every single play I was in, I played an old lady of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> I played a lot of old ladies. <laughs> and then in my last show as a senior, um, we did Little Shop of Horrors. And I was just like an ensemble person. And there's this one song where like all the like street people like come out and sing and whatever. And the our teacher was like, I have a couple options for what this character can be. One of them is a pole dancer. And I was like, Yes. And it was 100% her giving that to me as an 18 year old girl who had just spent four years playing old ladies, you know, <laughs> redemption. Oh, my God. So That's really um, I understand that of being of like constantly being in like frumpy costumes and being like, can I please have something pretty? <laughs> she was given this costume. There was one that had a metal framework. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, it says since uh, since Fisher didn't like the industry standard solution of using double-sided tape, which I understand because that hurts so yeah. much, <laughs> it's uncomfortable, Ugh. it became necessary before each take to have a wardrobe person check to ensure that her breasts were still snug inside the costume top. And several <laughs> scenes had to be reshot when wardrobe malfunctions occurred, which I did wonder. <laughs> I could see that happening. Yeah. So at first, it's like, cool, this is something that she wanted. She was like, I want to feel empowered. I want to feel cool. I want to feel like good about myself in this role. Mm -hmm. Then (laughs) the reality of the situation, I think, probably sets in. It says that she hated to wear this outfit. She um, didn't initially believe George Lucas when he showed her the costume. (laughs) It was extremely uncomfortable to wear. She had to sit bolt upright to keep Mm -hmm. her stomach flat. She, She did say that the way that Leia kills Jabba redeems the scene and she actually wanted to do it herself rather than a stunt double. Right. So that's cool. I do love that. That's a cool moment. (laughs) <laughs> and then one more thing about this costume, and then I swear we'll move on to the rest of the of the of the section. Another one of her gripes about the costume and the role as a uh, like this part of the mm. movie as a whole is it quote defanged the character mm. because once she is captured, she doesn't have any dialogue, and that's so uncharacteristic for Leia. Yes. That she wouldn't because even it like we see her in a new hope when she was captured. And she's like, you know, she's like being threatened and tortured and everything in a new hope. And she's like sassing General Tarkin and oh, yeah. Darth Vader, like right to their faces. So mm-hmm. it is so odd that they wouldn't write her any lines of de- even like her interjecting being like, Luke, stop, or you know, something like there's like really nothing until much later on in this part so i i totally agree with that (sighs) yeah and i think a lot of i think a lot of fans upon seeing the movie felt the same way too uh for sure yeah that it was just like uncharacteristic is the perfect word Yeah. yeah and and like it works from a narrative perspective because like all of these things that we've just been talking about that I've been ranting about really for like the last like 10 <laughs> minutes are all because she is like being held hostage by this really gross, creepy dude named Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> exactly. So moving so anyway. on. 
There's a really cool shot of the d- door, o- the main door opening and this cloaked figure coming in. Kind of n- like now that I'm thinking about like all these parallels between A New Hope and, the- and this one, a little reminiscent to Darth Vader entering um, for the first time where you just see like this, you know, mm. silhouette of a cloaked figure, really. Luke, this better be fucking you. Okay. Okay. Here we go. That's a pretty cool shot. It would have been helpful if you showed up like last night, you know? And it's Luke. And y'all, he's in all black. Have you ever heard of Chanel Boots, Luke? No. (laughs) What is this? I'm looking it up. I tried to find the origin and I think it was just a funny tweet that someone made. Where is it like steal his look? <laughs> is it like that kind just, of a thing? They were just referring to his Chanel boots and then it became Chanel boots Luke. And I saw that Mark Hamill actually tweeted in 2020. They were not Chanel boots. <laughs> but oh, I just I think he's super hot in this movie. <laughs> he this is, is he's like because he's gotten a little dark. Yes. You know, we love that. We love to see it. Like, just a little bit, just a little bit, you know. Look at these dark robes. Okay. It's such a contrast from when we're first introduced to him in A New Hope. He's an all white. And, you yeah. know, this movie is very symbolic with the way it costumes people. So, like, this is very intentional. And um, I was reading things that uh, Mark Hamill, before, like, the script came out, he thought that this movie would be about Luke turning to the dark side and, oh, like, wow. whether or not he could turn back. And so this definitely seems to be, I would almost call it, call it like, a false foreshadowing mm. because, like, I, I never believed for one second that Luke was going to turn to the dark side. That might just be, like, an effect <laughs> of, like, I know how stories work now, right. you know, and, like... <laughs> I'm familiar enough with this franchise to know that like he's not going to go to the dark side. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it's just it's just really cool. It's a really cool choice to be like a year, you know, a year passed since the last time we saw him. He's been through some <laughs> He's in his goth era. <laughs> he's just the best. Yeah, he's killing it for sure. So, speaking of killing it, um he well he doesn't kill anything but (laughs) the like ogre pigs he force chokes them um and does like jedi mind tricks on the like tentacle head guy i already forgot his name fortuna (laughs) (laughs) and uh is like you will take me to see jabba the hut and all that jazz so he's brought in and again this is where it felt really uncharacteristic that Leia wouldn't speak up and be like, Luke, what are you doing here? Even though, right. like, supposedly this is all part of the plan. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's kind of, I wonder if the plan was for Leia to rescue Han. And then when it didn't work out, Luke came in as like a last resort. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of thinking like, okay, plan A was yeah. we're going to trade the droids for Han. Mm-hmm. Plan B, I don't know what their plan would have been to get them out if that <laughs> one worked, but whatever. Plan B was we're going to send in Leia as a bounty hunter with Chewie and we're going to save Han that way. And Lando's and, back up. Yeah. And, and then it was like, Hey, if I don't show if I don't show back up at this time, enact plan C, which is you coming in. It must be something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of layers here to this plan. So uh Jabba the Hutt uh criticizes everyone and is like, You're so weak, 
you're falling for his Jedi mind tricks. And it's really funny because the whole time, by the way, Jabba the Hutt is speaking in Huttonese. Huttese. <laughs> um And a couple, which kind of sounds like, it sounds like pig Latin or like gibberish. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, there's like literal, there's like a made up language called gibberish. Right. Um, and like it, and where like real words will come out of it every now and then. And so like you hear Jabba speaking, and then all of a sudden he goes like Jedi mind trick. <laughs> so they don't have a word for that in Hutties. <laughs> yeah. That happens a lot. I love it. It happened earlier with Bib Fortuna. He was like blah blah blah. He's no Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Luke is like a totally different person than we've seen in the last two movies. He's calm, cool, collected. He's very sure of himself. He's very confident that very. he he's like, I have a handle on this situation. Is it a little hot? I don't know. Um <laughs> like, you this, tell is me. From, this is coming from someone who like the past two movies, not attracted to Luke at all. But like this movie, a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um and he's like, you will release them immediately or whatever. And and, like, believe me, this is what you want to do. You need to listen to me. 3PO tries to speak up and is like, Luke, you're standing on the... And then he gets cut off. (laughs) And then a trap door opens. And he and one of the like ogre pig things Mm -hmm. are dropped into the pit with this like monstrous beast. Yes. This monster comes out. And this is like a... This could have been something that with the touched up versions and special editions that they could have totally butchered. But like they they did a really fantastic job with however they created this thing. Yeah, I think it's I believe it's mostly miniatures. Um, Okay. yeah, I'm pretty sure. I know that George wanted it to be a person in a suit. Sure. um, But then they just couldn't get the movements right. I think so then I think it ended up being majority uh miniatures and it's very cool. Yeah, it's real like it's it's held up it's held up really well. Surprisingly well, yeah. Yeah. So the the like ogre pig thing gets eaten immediately, which I <laughs> guess is just to like show us like hey, this thing is a bloodthirsty creature. It will just eat you like nothing. <laughs> Luke fights back. There are some like comically large bones <laughs> in the pit <laughs> um i don't know if there's supposed to be like bones for because that's the thing i'm like are these bones from other creatures that he's killed because if they are how big were those creatures yeah that's a good and i love like the first time luke picks one up and he just like immediately like holds it like a lightsaber <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> so good um and he like fights this thing off uh with the bone for a while Mm -hmm. um and then eventually tricks it into like following him out the like escape door and then the door catches him catches the beast right as he like slips out and it like crushes him and kills him r.i.p yeah, there's a moment where um some I guess like the monsters like handlers come in to check on him yeah. and they see that he's died and they like they start crying and I'm like in that moment I'm like really sad. I don't know who these people are. Um but like this was probably like their pet, you know? Yeah. And I'm like oh, that's really sad. <laughs> yeah, the the monster's called a rancor and that guy's called rancor. the he's called the rancor keeper. 
Okay. Okay. And so well, he, he has a just name too, but... lost his job. I know. <laughs> but I think he's like, he's the keeper of Jabba's menagerie. So that mm. makes me think there's probably other freaky things. But that yeah. was like his favorite, like his personal. Yeah. It's mm. so sad. I love that it's little sad. moment. Like, but that also did, not... did just try to eat Luke. So. Yeah. Like they could have <laughs> cut that moment. And I'm so glad they didn't. It's just cute. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a little bit of like humanity and heart within yeah. like these random people who, who Jabba <laughs> keeps around. Yeah. So Jabba's not happy. <laughs> no. And he calls for Han and Chewie to be brought up. Um, Han and Luke are reunited, and this is like the first time they're speaking to each other since they said goodbye on Hoth in Empire Strikes Back. Wow. I always forget that because Mark Hamill spends probably 85% of Empire without any other humans. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Which I don't think him him and a puppet. (laughs) And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I think he does incredible work in that movie. But yeah, so they haven't seen each other in like a really long time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Han's like, hey, Luke, how you doing? And Luke's like, oh, you know, we're doing great. And the usual. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> Wouldn't miss it. So they're brought up. <laughs> and uh, Jabba sentences them to be executed. And he's like, immediately. And Han says, oh, well, that's great. I don't like to wait around for anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, you will be tossed into the Sarlacc pit. And then 3PO, 3PO is the one giving this news, by the way. Translating, right? 3PO is like, it will devour you and you will live in its beast for a thousand years. And <laughs> Han's like, okay, well, and it's like, 3PO, you didn't, if you're acting as the translator here, you didn't have to provide that information. <laughs> yeah, you could have you could have held back on that. <laughs> Everyone, it's like field trip into the sand pit. <laughs> and we get, I think, the most terrible use of cgi i've seen so far oh that is so bad oh no which part which is it's these transition scenes when they're like driving these vehicles out to the sand pit yeah um and it looks like a it it looks like a video game from the 90s like a CD-ROM game, even. Yes, CD, yes, a CD-ROM video game. Yeah, it's not good. Like, it It does not, it looks bad. It's yeah. very not good. They And <laughs> I mean, I think part of it might be that, I mean, well, obviously that they don't have spaceships that can fly like that. But also, they filmed those sequences in Arizona Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of in Tunisia, where they were for the first movie. So maybe there was just limited, like, wide expanses. Sure. Know, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in, like, Jabba's crew, everyone's mainly on this, like, uh, this, like, ship of some kind. It's called the Sail Barge. Okay. <laughs> Jabba's Sail the Barge. The Sail Barge. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, there's like two other little like floating vehicles on the opposite side of the sand pit with some of the guards and then mm-hmm. Lando. I don't know how they, I guess Lando is still acting as a guard because I don't remember like them. They're do well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they've like called him out yet as being yeah. like undercover. Um, but Lando, Chewie, Han and Luke are all over on that side. There's a moment where 3PO runs into something on the ship and then he goes like, oh, sorry, R2, what are you doing here? And R2 has been reduced to a bar cart. Oh, my God. 
He's DJ Roomba. I gotta tell you, drink. I, it's drink serving R two. Drink serving R two. I have a keychain of him somewhere. I thought I could. <laughs> um, that is my one of my favorite like uh, incarnations of R two. It's just because I feel like in a way he was probably getting a kick out. He's probably of like, it. you know what? Might as well. Might as well happen. And I have a little bit of headcanon about that too, but I don't know if we're gonna talk about Boba Fett at all. Well, yeah, we'll get to yeah, we'll get to okay. him a little bit because I'm definitely like. Let's I have just say some headcanon attached I'm to so that. I'm so curious about that character. Okay. So um, 3PO is like, you know, still acting as the translator and is like, Jabba would like to show mercies to his prisoners and allow them to um, give their final words. <laughs> and Han is like, well, we're not going to tell that, <laughs> you know, tell that Wine worm mama, yeah. hole, whatever he says. <laughs> Han always just has like the silliest insults ever i know i love that i love that line too because he says it and then he looks at chewie and goes right and chewie goes Rah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love it it like the insults he comes up with because like he's supposed to be you know this like cool low-key character he's like i don't care about anything but like <laughs> when it comes to like insulting other people he's like he He's just so bad at like coming up with that on the fly. And it's like, oh, he's really, he's really actually not that cool. <laughs> he's really not. Like in the he's first movie. He's kind of a loser. <laughs> like in, in the first movie you saw when they're in the stormtrooper uniforms and he panics and he's like, we're all fine here. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> just panics under pressure. Totally. Yeah. He's not good at improv. And then uh, Luke is like, are you sure you don't want to give up now? Like... This I promise, like, this is your last <laughs> chance. And um, and 3P is like, nope, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so Jabba gives the orders for him to be pushed into the pit. And, you know, they're like walking the plank, basically. And this... <laughs> the salute. <laughs> I love all the nods. Oh, this is great. It's so bad, but it's... This is so ridiculous. Oh my god. Okay, okay. So this is I think truly when I just started losing my mind. Um <laughs> is this this whole sequence. So, this like this whole battle. <clears throat> it kicks off with Luke jumping off of the plank. He grabs it, like springs himself back up into the air. Meanwhile, R2 has launched his lightsaber <laughs> into the air. It's amazing. Which again, when they were in the drawing room coming up with this plan, and they're like, okay, so all right, so R2 and 3PO, you guys are gonna go in and you're gonna make bring this message. And if that doesn't work, then but like at what point was he like, R2, when I give you this signal, you're gonna launch my lightsaber into the air? <laughs> I have a really good meme. I have to find it and I'll send it to you, but it's a a tweet of someone doing like a conversation between Luke and R2. It's like, and then you'll shoot my lightsaber out of your head. And R2's like, that's <laughs> rad. <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's very good. Oh, man. But then again, R2 and Luke do kind of like have like a special connection that no one else does because True. they're always together. They spend all that time with Yoda on Dagobah. That will bond someone, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention the fights and the you know being in his being his co-pilot yeah, behind his little him battle you know? buddy yeah. yeah yeah exactly so he does like a bunch of flips through the air and catches the lightsaber and it's green it's new it's his new one no what the f 
Uh, oh, we got a green lightsaber. Has it always been green? Oh, it is. It is. I'm not it, sure. Uh, he got the I'm hand not sure I really and... like. Yeah, lost the old one. Rip. Rest so he peace. built. But this one's green. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. And then the battle ensues. And a lot of it is like so slapsticky. Very. <laughs> there's so, there's a lot of like three stooges moments. Like it's <laughs> so I, like I'm not even gonna I, I don't I can't attempt to describe everything that's no, going on. So, it all like, happens so highlights. fast. It blurs together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um almost immediately we get a Wilhelm scream as some guard ne'er-do-well person has been sent over into the pit where this like monster with it has like tentacles it has teeth it has like a tongue and then there's like a mouth within the tongue and like all this like crazy stuff (laughs) and so yeah Wilhelm scream almost right off the bat Boba Fett jumps onto the ship where like Luke is fighting and Han and Chu of course remember Han can't see Han is like as they're approaching this area, he says, like, I guess my eyes are getting better because now instead of dark blobs, I see light, light blobs. Blob. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke is like, just stick with. Um, I, oh, I should say there have been like a couple quips from Han throughout this time showing his doubt <laughs> with Luke because yeah. to be fair, the last time Han saw Luke, he had just rescued him from being attacked by a wampa. <laughs> That's really true. So it's fair. He's like, Luke, Luke doesn't even know how to take care of himself. And you know, whatever. <laughs> so Han can't see. And there's a moment where like Chewie is shot and he goes like crashing down onto the floor. And then Luke looks down at Chewie and Boba Fett shoots out this like Again, kind of like cartoony, like wire thing that like wraps around Luke. <laughs> um, and then Luke uses his lightsaber and like someone's like shooting at them and he uses his lightsaber and it cuts the rope. And and then Han is like bent over and is like, Chewie, you were shot. Where? But and Chewie's talking to him. And then Han says, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? And then he has like a spear or something. <laughs> Or a blaster. I don't know what it is. Oh my god. This is... This is the worst. And he, like, stands up to look around. And in that movement, he whacks Boba Fett in the back. And Boba Fett is sent flying into the air with an insane scream. And I think at this moment, he is sent into the Sarlacc pit and is eaten. Yes. And that's what happens to Boba. Are you kidding? I thought Boba Fett was going to be this like huge, formidable opponent this entire movie. This. This is. This is. This is a joke. So, yeah. I think he I think he knocks his jetpack and it goes yeah. off. That propels yes. him forward. Yeah. And there's a lot of like you know he obviously goes down really easy and an empire were like introduced to boba fett as being this like really formidable guy and then he just kind of yeah is dead immediately so my head can so my head cannon for reasons that i can't tell you about because you'll you'll learn later so i'm not gonna go there but my head cannon is that he was wasted <laughs> and my and part of my head cannon is yeah. something i won't tell you about but the other part is that R2 saw him drinking and was like over serving him a little bit. Uh, to make sure that 
So I have absolutely no confirmation. No one has ever said that in any official capacity. But my headcanon is that he went down so easy because he was absolutely smashed. Because we also see him flirting with ladies. He's yeah, so with the I should also mention that, like, yeah, so he's in the background of a lot of these earlier scenes, and like every time he was shown, I was like, "That's got to be Luke, right?" <laughs> I was like, "That's Luke, right?" That's like, I was so convinced. I was like, every person with a mask, I was like, "That's Luke, yeah." Like he has to be in here. <laughs> that would made sense, but yeah. So my Ugh. my head canon is that he's just like been flirting with he, ladies, yeah. and then. He's been drinking, he's been partying, he's been smoking, whatever job is smoking. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I totally was like, that's so random. Because, like, I've heard the name Boba Fett, and, like, I've seen that imagery a lot. And so... When he was introduced in the previous movie, he, he doesn't even know. I, I'm pretty sure, actually, the first time that we hear his name is Han saying, Boba Fett, Boba Fett where? And so, like, there's this character that I have heard that, like, has this reputation mm-hmm. that precedes it. And I was like, okay, so he's got to be some kind of, like, major character or something. Like, a lot happens. And, like, I guess it is pretty major that he kidnaps Han and, you know, like, and, like, leads to, like, him being, you know, frozen. But I was kind of like, that's, that's really crazy that we just, like, he's immediately dead. Yeah. (laughs) 30 minutes in. Yeah. I think we knew his name before... Return of the Jedi because Boba Fett's original first appearance was in a cartoon during the holiday special. Oh, I've heard I have to watch the holiday special. So many people have talked about it. You definitely should. I will probably wait until the holidays to do that. Very smart. Definitely an imbibe in some way. It is fun uh, and insane, but the cartoon specifically is very interesting. But he says in it, "I am, I am Boba Fett." So okay, <laughs> got it. So he does appear, uh, and like, and then again, you you also said that like there's stuff about your head canon that you can't go into. So I I suppose I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him show up in other things. Wow. Well, <laughs> That's okay. That's a valid response. So okay, yeah. So Boba Fett's dead. Lando has like fallen off. Uh, and is like dangling on a rope into the sarlacc pit. What and happened? And the sarlacc is like reaching its tentacle around. And Han, no, Han is like reaching over. He's blind and is reaching over trying to get him. And it's like a, cha- it's just like a chain of like kind of these three idiots of like Chewie Han, yeah. Chewy Han and Lando. <laughs> um, and Han has a blaster. And he's like, I got it. He's like going to shoot the Sarlacc, I guess. And Lando goes, I thought you couldn't see. (laughs) And he's like, I'm better now. (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You're blind. Oh, my. (laughs) I can see a lot better now. Uh, He says, I can see a lot better is what he says. (laughs) Um, And he miraculously like shoots the tentacle and they save lando that's cool okay on the barge mm-hmm. this is our badass leia moment she where like she she takes back a lot of agency and i love that and Very it does much. kind of like it it makes this part a little bit better because she is the one that does this so <laughs> she grabs her chain and wraps it around jabba's head 
and chokes him and kills him. Love it. Amazing. Love to see it. <laughs> so good. Before before we move on, I do just have an interesting fact I'd like to share regarding Jabba. If you had to fill in the blank, the slithery noises made when Jabba the Hutt moves were created by sound designer Ben Burt running his hands through what? Isn't it macaroni and cheese? It's a cheese casserole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ben Burt is a absolute uh, evil mastermind genius incredible incredible artist so silly i wonder how many different i wonder if he was like spaghetti no (laughs) pesto no (laughs) mac and cheese my one of my friends i don't know if he interviewed did he interview ben i don't remember but he i think he got the recipe or he wanted to try to get the recipe for the mac for the casserole yeah it's that's great (laughs) it's the the sounds are wild yeah (laughs) Speaking Love of the sounds, dedication. when Lando falls, he does a really good yell. Yeah! What was that noise, Lando? There's so many crazy, silly yells. Let's see. Yeah, so they've killed Jabba the Hutt. Luke is on board now. He's fighting with his lightsaber. He's um, giving orders to Leia to aim. There's like this like machine gun type yeah, like blaster. thing. Yeah. yeah. And, she, and he gives her orders to aim it at the deck. As he's doing this, his like hand is shot, but it's not his real hand. It's his (laughs) cyborg hand, you know, to, I guess, remind you that his hand got cut off and it's a robot hand now. Mm -hmm. R2 is rescuing 3PO and is like, come on, let's go. And 3PO is like, I don't understand what you want me to do. Why? And then R2 (laughs) pushes him off the side of the deck. And then R2's like, and then then flings himself overboard too. That was the only redeemable part about this. Oh, it's great. I love it. I love R2 so much. I don't know if you can tell by our conversation, R2, I think is definitely my favorite character. Absolute icon. Just. God, love him. (laughs) And again, this just like calls into question, like how much of this did they discuss in their plan? (laughs) How much of this was like, okay, so we're going to be taken out onto the sail barge and then you're going to have to force 3PO off, probably. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he just get off the, the ship <laughs> and we're going to blow it up, you know? Like, I just, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> everyone, I think I think those are all the memorable. Is there Are there any other memorable parts of, of the action sequence you want to point out? Yeah, I think that was really, that was really it before it, before it all blows up (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's a practical explosion which is really cool yeah so cool yeah so they all like fly off and escape happy you know sail off happily into the sunset or i guess (laughs) into our case into the galaxy um and there's a really cool (laughs) explosion (laughs) very good it's so good i love i don't know at what point they pick 3po up by his feet oh yeah oh yeah that happens yeah um Luke is like with him and he goes like and don't forget the droids don't forget the droids (laughs) and these like magnetic things come in and R2 you know was in like in the sand feet first (laughs) 3PO didn't have that choice and so these magnets like draw them up and it's three it has 3PO by the feet and R2 you know by his head what a day what a a comical image god so good this was a fun fact that I enjoyed there's a stunt woman 
Tracy Eden or Eden, mm. who was the stunt woman for 3PO during the scene where he's like pushed off the barge. Oh, yeah. And then she was also the same stunt woman for when Mark Hamp for um, Carrie Fisher for when they like swing off swing. the barge. <laughs> and that's so funny to me that like in one scene, she was in this like entire entirely covered like metal or like rubber gold suit yeah. <laughs> as a droid and then it's in the next metal. shot she was a stunt double in like the hottest get up you've ever seen <laughs> that's so true like the most amount of skin possible covered and, and the least. all of your skin po- <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah exactly yeah that's awesome oh that's so great so uh yeah it blows up they sail off into the star light and uh and they split we see them split off in two directions the millennium falcon and then luke's x-wing um and we hear han say like hey kid thanks for saving me i owe you one (laughs) which is huge growth because you know when they first met han and luke didn't get along and right also like 10 minutes ago, Han had zero faith in Luke. <laughs> <laughs> now I owe you one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Luke says like, that's right, R2. We're going back to Dagobah. I have a promise to make to an old friend. <laughs> an old senile. Very, very old. 500 <laughs> <Ancient> year old. <laughs> so uh, that's the, the end of our portion of the movie for discussion. And don't forget the droids. Oh my god. What the ever-loving f- did I just witness? Oh my god! 3PO! Oh my god! This was a movie that they got paid to make? Oh my... I need to pull Just Yeah. Like I said, so so much happened. So much. So much happened. Sensory overload, as you so adeptly said, just real but I mean, but like I, I can't lie. I, I I would be lying if I said I didn't have fun, you know? <laughs> it's very, very fun. Yes. Yeah. And then this movie just gets crazier and crazier <laughs> i i don't think it gets as insane as as it, this it's like a different kind of crazy yeah yeah, yeah. but it <laughs> does kind of like set the stage for mm-hmm. like what the climactic battle ends up being very true <laughs> you know very yeah. true well thank you kara so much for joining me to kick off discussion of return of the jedi um, tell the listeners about your into the into a larger world zine and the podcast and all that you're doing with that project and where they can follow you. Well, thank you for having me. This was very, very fun. I spend so much time talking to people who are Star Wars crazies, as I call them, you know, and it's fun to talk to someone who is new to I'm crazy, it. just not that kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just to talk to someone who's new to the universe is really fun. Sure, so, yeah. And I'm glad you're digging in. I can't wait to keep listening. So uh, for me, uh, Into a Larger World is my fanzine and my podcast. And basically the project umbrella is just me trying to preserve Star Wars fan history. 
So to collect fan stories and fan experiences, to uh, deep dive into moments in fan history and uh, talk about the fans from the early days that there's not as much internet evidence of. Um, I like to dig in and find cool stuff and talk about it. Uh, and then I also talk to uh, fans of all walks uh, on my podcast. And podcast is everywhere you listen to podcasts, Into a Larger World. Uh, you can get my zine on Etsy. And I'm also on Patreon, but you can find everything at Instagram uh, into a larger world project. And that's me. Awesome. That's so great. Um, well, listeners, as always, that will all be linked in the episode description. So if you're all curious about learning more about fandom, um, I think that's all that's that's what I found to be the most compelling part when I was doing um that's what I'm talking about and going into the Tolkien world is that like it's the fans that you know keep it alive and bring new spins and everything to it. So that's totally. that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And before you can wear the sexiest costume I've ever seen in my life, you got to skywalk before you can run. Skywalk Before You Run is hosted and edited by me, Mary Clay Watt. The cover art and music is by Jason Hilton. Follow the podcast on Instagram and threads at Skywalk Before You Run. Follow me on TikTok and Twitch at MCWhatsApp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWatch. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to become a supporter of this podcast, join the Deus Ex Media Discord server, and gain access to bonus material. This podcast is a proud member of the Deus Ex Media Network.